Hello everyone and welcome back to the Better Watch Horror Podcast. I'm your host Patrick. And I'm Celeste. And as always we are here to share our love of everything horror. And true crime. Welcome back as we do some more Ausploitation. We'll finally do some finally. more Ausploitation <laughs> films. And you picked this one. Yes. You gave me a choice from all of the Ausploitations that we've got in our collection. Yeah, I get these from Umbrella Entertainment. They're like in a blue-like case and they have Ozploitation classics on it and we had five left in our did-not-haven't-seen pile. Yeah. And I let you pick out of the five and what did you pick? I picked Thirst. This was so good. Yeah. Like, it was a lot better than I expected because I don't have high expectations with them anyway. Yeah. But I read the back cover and I saw vampires, cults, and I was like, I'm in. Yeah, anything to do with cults, you're in. Yeah. Um. So this movie stars... Chantal Contouri, Shirley Cameron, Max Phipps, Henry Silver, and Rod Mulner. I thought it was Mulliner. Uh, I thought it was Mulner. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. We, we probably, always butcher names. Yeah, <laughs> and we apologise. So it was directed by Rod Hardy, written by John Pinky, and the music was by Brian May. And it, it's not the guy from Queen, because when you saw that name, you asked me, is that the guy from ACDC? Because I was thinking of Brian Johnson. Yeah. And if you want to watch a movie that they actually did do the score for, we'll watch Maximum Overdrive again. Please no. <laughs> this movie had an estimated budget of 750000 and its runtime is only an hour and 35 minutes and it doesn't feel like a drag at all. No. No. So, yeah, this movie, we follow this woman named Katie as we learn that she is a part of this, like, vampire heritage yeah. type thing and these people take her to try and bring it her, out of her yeah to get to her full potential and it just takes you on one crazy turn after the other and the twist at the end oh, oh my god we were sitting there for ages and i was like what yeah it took us like 20 to 30 minutes after watching this film to be like what did i just watch yeah well without further ado i'm ready to get stuck through this are you yes we highly like I don't think we've ever highly recommended an Ausploitation film to watch other than Wolf Creek yeah. that we have covered. This this is up there with Wolf Creek, I reckon. It's, like, it's on, like, I think it, it's on the same, like, level. Yeah. It's not as good as Wolf Creek. Like, Wolf Creek will just always be Number that one. classic Aussie horror film. But this. But this is a close second. Yeah. And it just makes me more excited because we've got four left to watch and I can't wait to get through them. Yeah. Anyway, we start this movie off with the woman, Katie, that we learn later. Uh, she wakes up in a coffin freaking out. We hear some people talking about how she's reacting to this treatment. Yeah. And we don't really know yet. So then we go back to like a week ago and there's this random person just staring at outside of her window as she's having sex with her boyfriend. Well, I'm led to believe as her boyfriend. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It's her partner of some and sort. And you... Picked it out straight away. You're like, that's the dude that looks like... Patrick from Patrick. Yes, which we haven't covered yet, but I think we are we'll do now it. saying it. Yeah. It'll be our next Boo Boo Redo, which... We'll be in like four weeks time now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll get it out to you when we get it out to you. But um, yeah, I'm surprised that you remember that because I was completely blank. Because I look 
wanted him and I was like, I don't know. And then when we saw him in like the next shot and I was like, oh, 100% that's him. Yeah. It's no. the curly hair. Yeah, the curly hair does give it away. So, yeah, we find out that our characters, we're following Katie and her boyfriend, Derek, but mostly we're following Katie. Yeah. And she's on the phone with him. Because she's going to be going on a trip to LA for like four weeks. Yeah. And she like puts a carton of milk on the table and a cat knocks it over. And when she comes back to check it out, the carton's full of blood. Yeah. And I was like, that's a bit gross, but okay. Yeah. And, and I was like, or is she like hallucinating that it's blood? Like, well, what is happening? We'll get to that. Yeah. Because <laughs> I just laughed when we found out what happened the, later. Yeah. <laughs> it was just so funny. And yeah, she ends the phone call with Derek and as she comes back, she's taken away by two people. So this is where we meet Mrs. Barker, Mr. Hodge, Dr. Gorse and, and Dr. Dr. Fraser. Fraser. Yeah. So... I just, I love it because you're led to believe that Mrs. Barker, the, Mrs. Barker and Dr. Gorse are the hard asses, the hard asses, the villains of this film. And then you get to the end and you realize that's not to be true. Yeah. But so, basically, so they are trying to give Katie this rundown and explain you are a descendant from the Countess. I forgot what her name was, but like she's, she was a vampire. And throughout the generations or whatever, they kept this thirst up. But then, like, as it kind of got into, like, the later years when, like, Katie was around, I'm assuming it was just, like, forgotten because, like, her great-great-grandfather or something changed their last name because he wanted to get out of it. Yeah. To, from something to Davis. I think, yeah, it was, like, it was another day. Yeah. Like, dot brick or something. Yeah. So they're trying to explain to her, like, you're a descendant from her. It's your lineage. Like, you've. You've got to, you've got to do it. And she's like, uh, no, yeah, let me go. So where sh- they have taken her to, they explain it as a farm. So there's like all these people, they're getting tranquilizer shots, and you learn that these people are just there to farm their. They blood call for them, them donors, and then Donor. later, so they have like this festival where people from all around the world who are vampires, who have also, well, they don't like to call themselves vampires. They no. like to just think of themselves as like better humans. Yeah. And they all come to look at this farm and they're like, oh, there's tours for the farm, jump on the bus. And you see these people just smiling, looking through these like glass doors. And then there's just rows and rows of donors hooked up. And I was like, oh my God, they look like cows. Yeah. And then the chick doing the tour is like, these are the uh, blood Blood cows. cows. And I was like. Are you kidding me? They are literally getting milked for their blood like cows. Yeah. And I love cows. I just laughed when the guy was taking photos. Yeah, (laughs) of the donors. He's just being a real tourist. Yeah, and I was like, that's so weird. Yeah, this movie just, oh, it just fucks with your head. Yeah. It really does. And that's why I think that's why I, like, love it. Yeah, because you never really know what's happening. But during this conditioning to bring out the thirst in Kate, they decide, like, harsh measures need to be taken. Yeah, because she is refusing. Every time they give her blood, she is refusing. So the first time, because there's, like, this creepy nurse that smiles every time she goes to drink something. Oh, my God. She had, like, a hot cup of coffee or, like, a hot chocolate. Yeah. I think, because it was whipped cream on top. So yeah. So I'm going to say, like, cho- hot chocolate. And she goes to drink it, spits it back out throws it at the wall and it's just blood yeah but she but it's my favorite line ever because she then says to the nurse bitch 
you rotten bitch, yeah. and then throws it. And I was, like, wetting myself. For us, because we've covered so many, like, more well-known horror films, going to an Aussie film and hearing our own accents. It's it a just, bit trippy. It weirds me out. It's like in Scream 6 when Samara Weaving's at the start and she's in a Aussie accent, and I was like... And I haven't seen her in anything with... Her Aussie no, accent. she always does puts on this American accent. Yeah, so like in Ready like, or Not, I'm like, oh, that's what she normally sounds like. And then we went and saw Scream 6 and I was like... And I was like, my brain can't compute what I'm looking at and what I'm hearing because I know that that's correct, but it's not. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, one thing to learn about this farm is they call them over the loudspeaker. So they'll be like groups A, L, Random M letters. and Q have to go in the vans and then say like groups B, C... DNF. Time for your tranquilizer shots. Time for your tranquilizer shots. And I just love it how they're in this trance and they just stop whatever they're doing. Like when I saw one woman come out of the pool and just do nothing and walk. Yeah. Because they're like in like a trance state. But then whenever one of these doctors or even Kate walks through, they like man- like get out of their way and then just like watch them. Yeah. Speaking of Kate walking through, she walks up to this guy and he's like, I feel honoured for you drinking my blood. Like we've had so many like amazing people come through and drink. And she's going like, what the hell? And then the heartbreaking thing is this guy named David comes up to her and is like, please don't drink all of my friend Leah's blood. She's not as strong as I am. Yeah. And she's like, what do you mean? Yeah. And he goes, you picked her. And she's like, I didn't pick shit, mate. So then she escapes. <laughs> yeah, she tries to run away. She goes, like, to this farm where the old man is. He's not saying anything and he's, like, not helping her. So she steals his truck and he tries to stop her. And it's that like that you hate to have it happen to you. She, like, slams the door on his fingers. Yeah, so his fingers are, like, stuck in the door and she's trying to open them, like, open the door to get the fingers out. And then he, like, just, like, hobbles away holding his hand. <laughs> One thing to note in this movie is... Mrs. Barker is a fucking force not to be reckoned with. Yeah. She is so she is a tough sinister. Bitch. She is tough as. And especially like after, well, when she escapes with the truck, you see like these people driving past. That's where we first hear about the festival when a couple stops by and says, hey, do you need a hand? She's like, no, 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 I'm all good. Because the car breaks down, she's filling it up. And they go, oh, well, we hope to see you at the festival. They drive off. And then you see one of the vans come. And she can't start the car. And, and following the van. It's Mrs. Barker and Dr. Gorse. And she goes, oh, Kate. <laughs> She's such, it's amazing. Awesome performance. 100%. Awesome performance. And There's not a bad character in, these, no. in this film. And the acting isn't that bad, really. No. Oh, yeah. All right, Lolo. Lotus is just chewing on her hand. <laughs> Standard. But, yeah, but she's like, Oh, sorry, Kate. Sorry that the car broke down. How about you ride back with us? And then Kate, like, begrudgingly gets out of the car because <laughs> she knows that she's stuck. Yeah. Oh, man, this movie. <laughs> Talking about the conditioning, like, they fuck with her head. Like, there's a scene where she thinks she's with Derek and she's, like, back in her real life and then it turns out she's not with Derek. It was Mr. Hodge all along. Yeah, because they, like, drug her with some something to put her in this state and they were like, this is going to be harsh conditioning for two weeks where we're just going to put her in these situations mentally to get her to come out. And I mean, it finally worked sadly, but I mean, another one of the scenarios was, I'm assuming it was like her personal assistant, um, Martha, who came over to her house to help write up some notes 
for her business. I'm assuming she has like a makeup company because she said something about lipsticks and yeah, all that. And then it's like a switch goes off in Kate's head or whatever and she literally eats Martha. Yeah. Like her, drinks her blood, but like. Yeah, so I think it's when she's in like this room, she's like, hears noises, she's trying to escape. She sees like the uh, decaying body of her assistant or her, her maid. Her maid, L- Laurie. Laurie. I was about to say Lewis. I'm bad with names. <laughs> and... Um, yeah, she hears these noises, awesome effects in this movie. It's like an earthquake, but as she's moving along the wall, the wall starts to crack with her. And like come out. And this is where she finally cracks and she finally... Drinks the blood. Drinks the blood and... And then it comes out to everyone in like the board meeting watching her on this TV and they're like, it worked. Yeah, and Mr... Oh, well, sorry. Dr. Frazier. He's like very reluctant. He wants to do it like I want her to... Willingly. Willingly say that she wants to be one, not force it, while Mrs. Barker and Dr. Gorse are like, no, we're going to we're gonna push beca- her into Because of how this. reluctant she is, they just need to force it. And he was like, well, after this, don't expect her to trust us. Awesome thing about this. There's not much nudity in this film. Like, that's what I've known with other Ausploitation films. Like, because Ausploitation was there to, like, push the boundaries of, like, the yeah. R rating once it came in. So there's, like, a whole bunch of nudity in most of them, a whole lot of blood, a whole lot of gore. And they're just pushing boundaries. This one doesn't really push those boundaries, but it does enough. But it it's 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 good because it's not needed. Like I say this pretty much every time that there's some sort of sex scene or nude scene, and it's not needed. Yeah. So like in this movie, um, I, it must be like the first night of the festival. This old lady's drinking from a donor, and it's a female donor, and she's just wearing like a sheer sheet over the top of her body, and she's naked, and you just see like her boobs and her bits but it's not oh my god there's her boobs yeah it's like nicely covered and the only time you actually see a lot more boob is when kate's getting in the shower which, which I is need, understandable I need because to talk about this shower scene shower. i need to talk about this shower yes. thing because it's so good so learning about this they took like inspiration for the shower, shower scene from alfred hitchcock so like in psycho yeah and in a movie he made called mirage so in Psycho, obviously the film's in black and white, so we couldn't show the blood in the shower when that character was being stabbed by Norman Bates. And in Mirage, he used a red filter to like like show that there was blood there. Yeah. And what this movie does, it takes those and it just shows you what the shower scene should have been like. So she goes to turn on the shower and she's just covered in blood. Yeah. And she freaks out. Yeah. Fair ob- enough. <laughs> obviously. And, oh, like, it, it was just so awesome to watch that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I didn't think, like, there's some parts where it can get a bit dragged on in this film, but I feel like that's every movie. Every but I also feel like it builds the suspense of it too. Yeah. In a way. What I also liked is when we get the scenes of Kate as a little girl. So yeah. there's, like, transitions where you see, like, this five-year-old girl walk through and then it'd be the, act- the actress playing Kate again and then goes back into her being five years old, especially when she walks up the stairs when she's looking for Mrs. Barker. Yeah. So she, like, walks up the stairs as the five-year-old girl and as we get to the top, it's... Kate. Kate. Like, adult Kate, which I thought was the coolest effects ever. Yeah. Oh, I <laughs> want to talk about this third act so much because mm. it's just... It's just amazing. So we get to a part where she's now attacked Derek. Yeah. Because she's turning, but she's still like conscious of her memories. Yeah. So 
Mrs. Barker and Dr. Gorse are calling it an absolute failure. Yeah. And they go, we need to give her more conditioning. And Mr. And Dr. Fraser's like, no. It's not working. It's not working. She doesn't need any more conditioning. And he, like, sets up this plan to, like, save her. Yeah. And Derek is there as a prisoner as well. So he grabs Derek. He goes, oh, there's a hut. Um, the I'll take you there. Yeah. And as he's taking her, you just... You're like, they're being watched. Yeah. You know they're being watched and they're stopped by Mrs. Barker. Well, because so at the farm as well, they've got a room where they like put all of the blood from the blood cows and it's they're in like these big vats. I feel like it's there to purify it because yeah. when she's doing the tour, she talks about how they could have like hepatitis and all these other diseases. Yep. So they have to and like sterilize it. Yeah. They don't need those diseases when they're drinking the blood. Yeah. And so, yeah, she falls into one of these vats. Mrs. After Barker. A, yeah. After a struggle with Dr. Fraser. And then they turn the machines on and Dr. Fraser says nothing. Like, yeah. Yeah. And then the, the alarm goes off that there's a blockage in one of the vats. And he's like, oh, okay, cool. I'll be back in two minutes. Yeah. Just Bye. Call Dr. Gores. This. Death, Dr. Gauze's death is the best one in the film. It's so satisfying. It's so good. So he like runs because uh, Dr. Fraser is in a, a helicopter. helicopter and he's like, oh, we've got a blockage in one of the vats. You need to come help. He's like, no, I'll be there soon. And he sees that he's got Kate with him and he's like, you hey. can't take her. <laughs> and Dr. Fraser goes up in the helicopter. Dr. Gauze is holding on and then eventually he falls down. Now, a fun thing to learn when I was researching this film was the Australian government said this stunt in which Dr. Gorse falls down. He falls down onto some electric cables on a telephone pole and he's, they're like, it is way too dangerous for you to do this. So don't do it. And they just went, (laughs) no, fuck it. It's still in the movie. Yeah. And yeah. So you just see him fall visually get electrocuted and come back down and he's just fried. <laughs> it's it's just, it is a satisfying death, but not as satisfying when you find out what really is happening. So yeah. what really happens is Doctor Fraser takes her to the hut, and you see he's hooked up Derek. Yeah, he's he is draining Derek of his blood. Yeah, and then turns on Kate, and you're like, "What the actual fuck yeah, is going I was on? Like, what is happening?" And you hear her say, "Yes, I am one of you. I want to be one of you." Like begging for her life and then you see Dr. Fraser bite into her neck and then a voiceover comes over Mr. Hodge and he goes, that was a great success. You've done it. And you learn that throughout this whole hour and a half movie that it wasn't Mrs. Barker and Dr. Gore's conditioning her, but it was Mr. F- it was Dr. Fraser the whole time. Yeah, but I feel like it was like, it was like a big, like he was fooling everybody. Yeah, like I was to fooled. Get, to get him in My on it. My mind was fucking blown yeah when we learned that i was like what the hell yeah oh also another thing to note is that these vampires don't actually have fangs no they have like they, these like insertable fangs yeah that are like i think they're made of silver or yeah they're or made of silver so that they can bite into their flesh or whatever to be able to drink the blood yeah because i remember when kate first like drinks the blood and they're doing like this ceremony for her they use david as a sacrifice yeah which was, like, that was upsetting. Yeah. And he, like, cuts a bit of his neck open to make it easier for Kate. Yeah, because it's her first time. I'm assuming she doesn't really know what she's doing. Yeah. But, yeah, I thought that that was pretty cool that it's not standard, oh, you grow fangs. Like, you like to drink blood, but you don't have fangs Yeah, you to... just have the thirst for blood, but you don't have the fangs to do it. Yeah. Oh, man, this movie, it just... 
such a good movie. Yeah. I'd I'm literally going to be telling everyone to watch it and be like, who wants to borrow the DVD? <laughs> yeah, because we like collecting. Yeah. <laughs> There's so many DVDs. Yeah. Oh, man. It, like, I apologise that it took so long to do another Aussie film. Like uh, we said, as always, we started this because we wanted to shine a light on Aussie films. But we'd gone through Wolf Creek, was, which was amazing. And then we went through I Know How Many Runs You Scored and Dead Kids, which weren't as good. And yeah. I was like, is it just every Aussie horror film is terrible? But <laughs> and then we're we like, watched, what have we done? But then we watched Sissy and then we watched this and I was like... On the loved ones. And the loved ones. And I was like, no. Yeah, there's Aussie, some good ones. There is such good Aussie horror out there. You just need to go searching for it and Thirst is one of them. So yeah. please check it out. As I said, I don't know about streaming services, but if you can find the DVD at JB, I was about to say Sanity, but oh that's God. only online now. Yeah. Well, my childhood <laughs> is gone. There's no more Sanity. <laughs> Like I used to, I remember when I got my driver's license on my red piece, the first place I went to was Sanity. Cause so you I could had, get CDs. Yeah, I had car. a car. There was no Bluetooth auto. Yeah. It was the most dangerous car I probably could have been in. There was no airbags. There was no safety features, no nothing. No airbags? No. I literally bought a Lancer because I like Fast and Furious. Yeah, but like they have to have airbags. No, my car didn't have airbags. Bro. It was a 2001 Mitsubishi Lancer. Whoa. No airbags. Dude. I love that car as well. Jeez. Yeah. Um, yeah, I bought like eight CDs that I can play in the car. But, uh, yeah, now it's all online. That's okay. That's all right. But, yeah, Thirst. Check it out. Yeah. Oh, got anything else you'd like to add? No, I think think I've uh, talked about my love for it enough. <laughs> yeah, anything to do with cults and you're all in. I'm in. <laughs> oh, man. Well, I don't know what we're going to do next for a podcast episode. Could go back to true crime or we might do another Ozploitation. You guys let us know. Yeah. I Honestly, I'd love to do another Aussie film. I'm looking at one I really want to do. It's right on the top there. It's called Nightmares. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we also got uh, Bad, Bad Girl Boogie. There's a whole heap in there. I don't know. I have to relook at what we've got. Yeah. There's just so many. We'll figure it out. I remember when we started this podcast, someone messaged us and they were like, how many horror films do you have? Oh my God. And we literally counted. And then we had like 230 at that point. Yeah. And now I probably have over 400. Probably. Close to 500. Probably. And I'm like, I should probably save my money. Probably. Is she chewing on something? Yes. What is she chewing on? Her bed. Oh God. Lotus, this is why we can't have nice things. <laughs> anyway, that has been us. As always, you can follow us on Instagram at Better Watch Horror Pod. TikTok. BWH pod, Twitter, official BWH pod. And as always, our YouTube and Patreon, which is Better Watch Horror. Yep. And I guess we will see you guys in the next episode. Bye.